plunge into that fountain this morning because that's where we're made complete in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's sing, um, let's just sing that course, Touching Jesus in the Key of Elf, as our brother colleague comes this morning for responsive reading. I mean, he loves the Word of God this morning. You know, you just, the Word says you're even blessed to hear. How much more to hear and receive? Amen. And to receive his word. Hallelujah. Oh, touching Jesus is all. opportunity to touch Jesus that we really better do it in a hurry I went to a funeral Friday and there was a brother and sisters that he died on Friday she died on Monday but there were people that we had knew all our life when we were kids and went to school together and were friends together in our younger years. But if you're not ready, you know, people can give you a blessed testimony, but the testimony is not always the life that the people have lived. And so let us try and live that will be pleasing to God. So what others say, it don't matter. But one thing the preacher said, he said, um, I can't get them into hell. I can't keep them out of hell and I can't get them into heaven. So they, they're going down to the creek and whoever they have served, let them come and claim them. So they're healed. And so we are going to where we're going 
when that time comes. So let's pray that God will lead and bless us and take us to the right place. Amen. We're going to read this morning from Psalm 37, verses 7 through uh, 23. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful. We are thankful that you have brought us this far. Father, we pray that you have touched our hearts and opened them up. Lord, that we are receiving the blessed words of your, your kingdom. God, we are praying that what you want us to do, Lord, that is what we do. Let us put aside all these things that have set us and have turned us to different ways. Lord Jesus, we, th- we look at things and call them blessed and great. Lord, they are far from it. Let us have the truth in our lives. Lord, let us learn to love one another and to love you. God, for all that we do. Lord, let us do it for you. We pray this one that the words that come forth, God, they be a blessing to us all. And we ask you just to touch Brother Wade and bless him in a special way. Lord, I pray that we will be yielded to the words that he speaks and that we will hear him, understand, and help us to grow by. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 37, verse... Seven. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. After not thyself become of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked deserves to pass. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The Lord shall laugh at him that sees his day is come. Thy words shall enter into thy own heart, and thy bowels shall be broken. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. The wicked bars and path not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, 
the steps of a good man are order of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. So, um, such a wonderful thought to know that our steps are guided by Him. Even when we don't know when to step, He leads us. He's a great shepherd. Amen. And we just thank Him for that. Brother Michael, would you come this morning and deliver our tithes and offering? sing that song, Have You Been Beneath the Fountain? Hallelujah. There's a fountain that flows with His blood that we can always plunge in. With that same fountain, it cleanses us. It's a place that we can stay underneath. It will wash us white as snow. Amen. There's a fountain that is flowing
we sing that song, you know, the world sings that song, they ain't got a clue what they're singing about. They really don't. It's words and it's good. They know Elijah was over back there in the Old Testament and they know all this. We know what that song's about. Behold, he comes. Riding on a cloud. And now you and I are a greater cloud of witness. That he is here. He's not coming. He's right here with us today. Amen. Good to be back. We had a good trip in in, uh, in Ohio, and y'all got some good preaching last Sunday. Man, alive. Wow. That was good. Both services and the Sunday school and everything was done. Um, Brother Aaron picking up with the song service, and we sure appreciate it. We appreciate everything that everybody does. There's no way you can, um, as I've always said, with, um, when we always get together at Christmas, you know, the greatest Christmas gift we could give Brother Dale is that we live what he preaches. Right? That's the greatest gift. You can give him everything in the world. You can give him ten cars, and he can drive them, and they'll just get old. But one soul saved. We were talking about that last night in the Bible study. One one man preaching the gospel here. Look where all Brother Dick and all the different ones came from. Dorville, way down there in Atlanta. Lived all in these different places, and then here they start migrating, Brother Tom. Then Brother Tom goes one day and starts working out in a gym. And there was Gary Atkins. And he presented the message to Brother Gary Atkins. And then Brother Gary Atkins come to the message. So you see how God is doing. He's multiplying himself. This is the way it was supposed to be had it not been a fall. This one, I, this is what I believe. We would all come. All right? The bride would come in, its own t- in their own time. But you know what? We've come in our own time now. Amen. So there's really nothing different. We haven't upset the plan of God. The plan of God is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Amen. So thank you for all your prayers. And, and the uh, I was telling Brother Bob, I'll give you just a, a minute for testimony. <clears throat> Before we get in, I've got a, a pretty long list to, to uh, uh, for our announcements. But there's a sister up there in Ohio, and she may be watching in today, which is fine. Her name's Anna, and she's in the service. And... Um, I noticed Sunday, you know, I told Bob, I said, sometimes, you know, we, we think that a powerful preaching of you need to repent, you need to come to the altar, and, you know, a, a, a message of repentance. I preached on Daniel 70 weeks. But it was on a sixfold purpose, which is what? Redemption. And this girl's just, I mean, she's just boohooing. She took communion for the first time. She told Jim, she said, would you, she said, I don't know what I'm doing. So when Jim said, I'll help you, I'll help you through this. Isaac, he called me yesterday. He said, she's went and tried to find, she's starting to find some dresses for her to wear. She's under conviction of the things that she did. That's the way a sinner comes. That's the way somebody comes to God. I couldn't remember her name. I just called her sister Alabama. That's all I remember, but her name's Anna now. But just pray for her. Amen. Just pray for her. She's, she's uh, the, only, the family that she's got a good family. And she's a, a boyfriend of, of Isaac's son, Brother Gabriel. She's a girlfriend of his. And um, that she's just a sweetheart. She's just a really a nice person. And, and, and we're going to pray that God will help her through all this. Amen. And being in the military, you know, you may have to do certain things. Like you may have to wear 
you know, slacks or something during your army time. But we're going to pray that God will make the, he'll just put all that together. Listen, if there's a desire in your heart, God will give you a person in the pulpit. He will give you a desire to come to church. He'll give you a desire to be saved because we can't save anybody. Amen. We can just preach the word. But just preaching the word of God brings somebody under conviction. I'd really appreciate that. So now let me get the announcements. Uh, Brother Zach called. He's in, um, um, he's in North Carolina, hopefully for the last time, until <clears throat> he gets married. But remember, if you have not RSVP'd to that wedding, the venue is only going to hold so many people. So you need to RSVP if you're going. Everybody with me? All right. If you're going to come at the last minute, you have to call Lily or Zach personally and see if there's room because there's only like 150 seats or 150 places. And please, no child under 15 can come. Everybody with me on that? Don't sign up your whole family. If you can't come, I'm sorry, but I'm just reading what they want. This is what they want to do, all right? But on the last minute, you need to call them because there's limited space. But please RSVP, and the wedding is going to be on November the 6th. That will be at 4 o'clock on Sunday. We're going to have one service here, and then we will go to the venue, those of you that are going, okay? And Brother Bob's doing the doing the wedding, and, and uh, we'll have a good time. We'll have... Uh, a good place. Pray that we all get through it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sister. That's the weekend that time changes. So that Saturday night, you will fall backwards one hour. You'll have a time, another hour to sleep, so you won't have to be woken up by Brother Bob or Brother Luis like or like Sunday. Word. But that's okay. Lily and Zach, getting married, November the 6th. Please, RSVP. If you're not going, that's fine. But if, you need, if you're going to go, don't wait till the last minute. And if you do wait till the last minute, he's emphasizing, call them. Don't just start RSVP in two days before or a day before. Call them and make sure there's a place for you because it's a limited space. All right, everybody with me on that. All right, just remember that. Also, uh, remember that... Uh, communion and foot washing will be today. Brother Aaron will be speaking for us Wednesday night. Brother Samuel Nahera. Am I saying that right, Luis? Nahera. I'm not from there. Nahera. I I just pronounce it that way, okay? But he's come, he'll be here. He'll be here next Sunday to speak for us. Two services. Brother Luis will be interpreting. He's a brother from... Uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, and he's got a church there. He's been here before, and his uh, daughters are the one that went with us to Ohio, and he's just a, a wonderful brother, so we're going to have him here next Sunday. Also remember that October the 16th, which will be the following Sunday, on the second service, we're going to have questions and answers for the youth and singles. If you're single and youth, then put your questions in. Or, or bring them, you know, to a church service, hand them to me, Brother Terrence, Brother Bob, hand them to somebody, and they'll get to me. And we will answer, have questions and answers for the youth and singles on October 16th. That will be second service. All right? Yes. Yes. No, everybody can come. It's just the questions need to come from the younger people. All right? 
like I said before, uh, at this point in time, if you got questions, then if you got one, then I can discuss it with Brother Dale. We can see if we can address it from here. If not, we need to hang on to it. Everybody understand if it's a marriage and divorce or something like that. I'm not the pastor. He's the pastor. Brother Brown said only a pastor deals with marriage and divorce situations. All right? So if you bring them to me and I discuss it with him, and if he says it's okay, we, this is what you need to say. But I'm not going to delve into something that I'm not that I'm not supposed to. But I believe I can answer the young kids and the young adults if they have a question. Okay, but let's just keep it that way. But no, we're having a regular church service, regular service, singing, worshiping, preaching. It'll be a regular service, but it will be on the questions and answers from the youth. And the singles in the church. Everybody with me on that? All right. So please make sure you make sure you come. All right. We might all get something from that. Amen. Some of them young kids can ask some questions, I tell you. But just remember that. That will be on the 16th. Also remember the next weekend, October's full, is the Bethel Youth Camp. Now, we've got 12 people going from the church and three from or nine from here and three from Ohio. And we got to get together, and who is going? I know Brother Luis is going. Brother Aaron, you're going. Brother Bob, you're going. I mean, Brother, um, what is your name? Brother, Brother Boyd. Yeah, that Brother Boyd. Yeah, Bobo. Brother Bo- That's what I was going to say, and I didn't. So, <laughs> Brother Bobo's going. Brother Bob, you're staying here. All right, Brother uh, Joe is staying here. But we need to get together and find out if we need to carpool and not just have everybody driving up there at the same time. And so we'll get together between services if you want to just, we don't have to have a meeting, but we need to get together and figure out how to get them 12 up there. I know that um, uh, Josiah said he's driving, what Joe said, and then I don't know if if, uh, if the big guy up here is going to drive, but we'll see. But we're going to need to get that together. You know, I'd like to be able to either get us a van or at least give you gas money and everybody pile in a car instead of driving 14 different cars up there. Everybody with me on that? I know some of you that that are um, security and going to be counselors, you may have to go early. That was just my question that we need to talk about. So uh, good to see Brother John and Sister Lisa and the youngins back with us. Amen. We saved the whole seat. Nobody. The whole time. Nobody sitting up there. Good to see Brother Paul and Sister Sarah back with us too. Good to see you guys. Love you. Hmm? Peter, Peter, who did I say? Paul, well, Peter and Paul, they were together. And so. Brother Peter and Sister Sarah with us today. Amen. One more thing, brother, brother, Sister Angie Brown called with a prayer request for our brother Freddie. He's in ICU. So let's remember brother Freddie that's in ICU. Boy, we had a good Bible study last night. Good Bible study last night. Had a good time in the Lord. Had a lot of people. Had 11 people on Zoom and had a bunch of people sitting there. And I appreciate all of you coming. I appreciate some of you that fixed things and, and brought things. <clears throat> but we're going we're gonna to also, starting next year, we're not going to have Bible study on November the 5th because that will be the night before the wedding. And we need to let that be where we can get everything ready for the wedding. So we won't have it in November. May have it in December. You know how... Rough December is also. But starting January, we're going to have in January, we're going to have youth service the third Saturday of January. 
Uh, as far as I know now, Brother Darrell Ward's going to be with us on that service. All right. Then the then we won't have Bible study. We usually don't in January anyway because it falls on the first of the year. But we're going to have Bible study on on the other odd months, the like February, at the third Saturday, not the first. So we're going to change this around, and we'll be letting you know a little bit later on. But we decided that last night. So now take your calendar. My my whole point is take your calendar and put a circle around the third Saturday of every month. One month it's going to be the youth. The next month it'll be Bible study. So just write that down in your, put it in your calendar. I still use one of those. I have one in my phone. I have my little notes, but I do have a calendar, brother John. I walk by and I see that X, and I'm like, what? Or that star? It reminds me to go to the doctor, or it reminds me to have Bible study. So just remember that and keep that in your prayer. Also, um, yes, I got every bit of that. Also, I want to. Uh, I want to, um, I, I, some of you know that that uh, when, that I had created a list of people that, uh, and I called their names over the pulpit, and it, it by no means was I wanting to hurt anybody's feelings or call anybody out. By no means, because God knows my heart. But it did upset some people, and it did cause a little stir. I don't want that. God knows I don't want that. I want people saved. And I believe the Lord had me write that list, but I, in my misinterpretation, should have kept it in my Bible and prayed for them by myself. That's where I missed it, and I apologize that I missed that part of the discernment. That I was I was zealous, and I'm sorry. I'd rather be zealous than asleep. But in being zealous, I do not want to hurt people's feelings, and I apologize and if you see anybody that you know that, that was here that day or that I call their name, I apologize from the bottom of my heart. No way in the world would I want anybody to not come to church. All right? Everybody with me on that? All right? And I, 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 I looked up today, and Brother Branham did the same thing one time. He did the same identical thing. He said, but he said, I don't want to do that anymore. He said, it hurt too many people's feelings. Well, some people, I know, I know that. But listen, I apologize for what I did. I want you to forgive me. Forgive me for what I did. All right? That was not appropriate at the time and the moment. It's not inappropriate to pray for people. But it, it would be inappropriate, I guess, to call somebody out. I, I was looking at a quote back here where Brother Brown called a girl out one time. And she missed her, she missed her whole eternal life by being angry at Brother Brown. So don't be angry at me, love me, and forgive me of what I did. Because I do feel now that looking back on it that that uh, that it was inappropriate to do at the time, and I do apologize for that. So, amen. Everybody all right with that? Let's move forward. Let's keep going. We're gonna keep, we got battles. We're on a battleship, not a cruise ship, right? We got battles to fight. We got to learn how to fight. All right? That's what we're doing here with the Statue of Perfect Man. So let's turn our Bibles to... Um, to John 1, 1, this will be part 62. I want to bring out a few things extra that we did Wednesday night. And then this afternoon, uh, I stumbled on something that we really, really need to look at uh, according to the Statue of Perfect Man. Listen, as we were talking about last night, Brother Dale brought the, brought the point out last night. How many enjoyed Brother Dale last night? 
bringing it out. All right? So thank God for that. I appreciate that. And, and, and you know, we cherish that. And he was saying about justification and sanctification. He said there's some that will come to justification and won't come to sanctification. There's some that come to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some won't come to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some will come to the statue of perfect man. Some won't. But it's not for us to pick who they are. It's for us to preach the gospel. Throw the net out there, and whatever you get, you're going to drag some fish in. And because we need to go to the lost. We need the lost in because I'm telling you, the door's fixing to be shut. At least I know one thing for sure. Thus saith the Lord, we're one day closer to the rapture than we were yesterday. Right? We're, we're one month closer. September 2022 is gone. We're one month closer to the coming of the Lord. Now, I want to be ready, don't you? I don't want to keep, leave nobody behind. I want to be ready. All right? <clears throat> so let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for all the time that you give us with our brothers and sisters. And I pray now that you would sanctify us, Lord, for this journey. Forgive us of our sins and our many mistakes that we make, Lord. You know in our heart that we want everybody to make it. We don't want anybody to miss out. We want we want this church full of people that with the Holy Ghost that, that you can work through them and speak through them, even in speaking in tongues and even even worshiping and even being song leaders and being deacons and being elders and being ministers. We want, Lord, each one to be a part of the body of Christ. And, Father, we pray, Lord, that you just give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. Bless the ones that are sick. Bless this here that Sister Angie Brown called in about the Brother Freddie, that you would be in ICU. We don't know what's wrong with him. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about distance. We know one thing's for sure. You can go there in a split second and touch our brother, Lord. Just touch us and lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. First Thessalonians says that every one of you should know. That's what we're doing. We're learning. We're learning to know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Romans 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what is the will of God? His word. You may be seated in the Lord as blessing to the reading of the word. And we look and we see that we, we were talking about last night and only in the Son of Man ministry, Judas was sitting right there beside Jesus. They said, Jesus, who is the one who's going to betray me or betray you? He said, the one that sops in the bowl. Well, there was Judas with his bread, sopping in the bowl, and they're still going, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? You see how deceived they were. Amen. You see how deceived they were. But now, who was not deceived? The Son of Man was not deceived. He knew who that was by spiritual discernment. He knew that Judas was going to do what he was going to do. All right, so now I understand and know that if we talk about anointed ones at the end time, and this thing's going to be so close until there's a razor's edge in between it only, that there's going to be, as we're talking about a few minutes, there's going to be a showdown. There's going to be a showdown. There is going to be a time it separates because Judas... Looked at Jesus, and what, Judas, what did Jesus say? He said, go do what you need to do. And he went out. That was Judas's problem. He left. He left the presence of God. What was Cain's problem back in the Garden of Eden? Well, he didn't have a problem while he was in the garden because God said, hey, if you'll do like your brother said, I'll save In other words, I'll save you. That was a question last night. And, and you know, you, you hear people in the message preaching lineages and how that 
This is a serpent seed line, and you can't do it. Come on, people. Good grief. Satan even had a choice. He was made perfect. He was made the anointed cherub. He was made the right-hand man of God until iniquity was found in his heart. He made a choice. Cain made a choice to go in another direction. It's all by choice, folks. That's why Brother Weiss did a wonderful job Sunday bringing it down. But you know what? There's a lot of people that don't that don't like that because they want to think that they were just this always was an eagle and I'm always sitting in church and I'm always this. And it makes, Brother Terrence said, it makes them lazy. It makes you where you just say, okay, I got it. Boy, I just felt something right here. Well, you know what? Judas, when he was preaching the gospel, remember Jesus gave him power to preach the gospel, cast out devils. That's why I said that somebody was talking about Judas last night. The Bible says that Satan entered into the heart of Judas. We read it. We're going to read it in communion. Right? Simon's son to betray him. It entered in. And, you know, Brother Brown will say, well, he was the son of perdition. He wasn't the son of perdition. He was the son of Judas as whoever his mom and daddy was. But when he accepted Satan's life, when he accepted Satan, why? Because here's my point. The Bible, Jesus looked at the people and says, look, bless you. Do that in about 40 minutes. Somebody, somebody wake up. But here's Jesus, and he, he looks at the people, and he says, you call me Beelzebub. He said, but Satan can't cast out Satan. So if Judas was Satan, he couldn't be casting out devils when God told him. But no, he could cast out devils because God gave him an opportunity. He gave him three and a half years to make it right. And finally, he had to come to a showdown in the upper room. He said, Judas, go do what you need to do. Satan entered his heart. He went and did what he did. And then remember, the prophet of God said, if he had made it to Pentecost, he could have been saved. He just he stopped. That's our problem. We shouldn't stop. We need to keep going to what? The Holy Ghost. He was justified. He was sanctified. But he was not filled with the Holy Ghost. All right? He was just, uh, but you say, well, that was this line. No, it wasn't his lineage. It was the foreknowledge of God knowing what Judas would do when he got here. That's so simple, it goes over people's mind, and they go like, well, that was it. I'm stamped. You know, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm predestinated. Listen, everybody is predestinated. Every person, is, even Satan, is predestinated. Don't you think God made him knowing what he would do? But he made him to make a choice, and when he made that choice, he could be a healer, a savior, a redeemer, and all these different attributes that God could display <clears throat> because Satan made a choice. Listen, God made a choice. He chose me and you to be his bride. So he made a choice. He didn't have to. Listen, he doesn't need us to exist. But he wants us here to exist with him, to come down into what? Into life, into time, get born again, makes your soul eternal, not the rest of you, and then you go what? You go back to where you came from. Very simple. In continuance, we're, we're being born. As I was telling him last night, as the preacher the other day was talking, and he said, you know what? He said, I know you're lost, and I know you're a sinner for one thing. You got a belly button. You were tied to a woman. You know what Brother Brown said? The problem was we were born by a woman. If we're born by a man, we'll live. 
So that Genesis one twenty six man that I love so much, that theophany of God, it don't have a belly button. Because it was not tied to a woman. It's tied to God. It's tied to the eternal. And that's what comes to you at the new birth. Listen, if that was already in you, Jesus didn't have to die. What did the Holy Ghost come for? It's kind of simple. But you know what? One word off, folks. You say, boy, sometimes y'all are a little bit uh, dogmatic. That's all right with me. They call Jesus everything in the world. But God. Maybe we ought to try that sometime. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we got to work on. Because listen, in your soul, you have the mind of Christ today. In your soul, you are born again. In your soul, you're eternal. Paul says, sitting in heavenly places in Christ. Try that on Monday. Yeah, get up on Monday about two hours into your day and say, I'm living in heavenly places. Yeah, exactly. See, well, all of us know, we're all smiling, we know what it on Monday, you know, at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, or, or once you get up, you got all that Monday stuff to do, all right? But that's your outside guy. The inside guy is sitting in heavenly places. It is redeemed. It is already up that statue of perfect man in itself. But you and me, we have to work on the memory, reason, conscience, and affection, or we wouldn't need a renewing of our mind. Renewing of this thing, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We know the new birth changes that we were talking last night. It absolutely transforms you into the children of light, as the Bible says, and not the children of darkness. That's why I said many times we we just look at quotes where Brother Brown does say that you you know you were born with this seed and all, you were born with representation. We know that, but I want to ask you a question. If you have a question about what we believe here in this church, let me we'll give you one example, and it should help all of you. Go to the book of Luke. I've been reading it for the past three months. The Bible says the unclean spirit goes out of a man. Amen. Goes out of your what? Your soul. So God can't be in your soul and Satan be in your soul at the same time. Folks, it's a two-soul doctrine that was preached. Daddy fought against it for years. Back in the 80s, that God give you a soul and Satan give you a soul. Whichever one beat it out and fought it and whichever one. The devil ain't my, the devil. I know is not that strong, but the God I know is. Amen? I was lost. That unclean spirit was in my soul. It made me do things I didn't want to do sometimes. But yes, there was representation. God knew before the foundation of the world that one day I'd get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I come right here to this altar on December the 17th, 1997, and gave my heart to the Lord. I knew there was a change, but I knew it wasn't finished. I wasn't finished. Oh, that's it. That seed just come to life, and I started just preaching, and and, no. I sat for six months before I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I come to church, read my Bible, started opening service. Brother Dale said, well, why don't you teach Sunday school? So I started teaching Sunday school. And it was a long time after that, a year or so after, or the year after that. And I think Brother Dick still got the, or not him, but you still got the tape. There's a VHS tape that Brother Dick made in this church in my first sermon I preached. So, uh, and from then on, guess what? I made a million mistakes. Backslid, yes, we all do. But we still got to keep going. 
Get up and go again. Get up and go again. Muhammad Ali, he got knocked down a couple of times, but you know what? He made it. He was the king. Why? But he had to suffer. We're going to read the scripture here. We've got to suffer to reign. We just don't become reigning kings by nothing. No, we have to come to a place. And that's why we believe in the statue of a perfect man. We believe in justification, which what? Chops off your past sins. Sanctification, where that unclean spirit that's in your soul. That you were born with this Adamic nature. You were born with a nature with a belly button. Comes from your parents. And then you got to be born again by the Word of God. So your representation, what? Comes down and gives you the new birth by foreknowledge. God knew all things. Second Peter 1 says, Simon Peter, the servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that what? Have obtained. Now, why would we have to obtain stuff? Why would we have to fight? Why does the Bible give us all these things that we got to do to get salvation if we already got it? Let's just say we were lost. I like that. I was lost. I knew that. I didn't just come to a realization. Listen, I'd heard sermons. I'd read books. I'd listened to tapes. But I wasn't born again. I was lost. There was an unclean spirit inside of me. If you'll, and you know what? If you'll realize that, you might figure out you're lost and need salvation. What Brother Dale always said, we love to quote Brother Dale. I love this. this is the best quote. I had rather seek every day of my life, like Brother Donnie's talking about putting on that list, Absolutely. I'd rather seek God every day of my life and know that I had it at the end than to say, well, I always was eternal. I think I'll just I'll just sing a couple of songs. Yeah, I'll read a couple of books, and, and I'll make sure I don't put a dress on. I mean, I'll put a dress on until somebody sees me or don't see me. Right? No, it's a life. It's a life-changing, this is a life-changing message. It's not a life, listen, it's not a, it's not an, it's not a, a feel-good, every once in a while attitude. No, it's a life. I'd rather fight every day and say, Lord, how many of us have raised our hands and said, God save me? Amen? Well, where'd that come? You know, God's not going to go, oh, no, you won't have to say that. I already know. You should know by now. No, you got another little bird sitting on this shoulder going, you ain't nothing. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You, you thought about this. You spoke bad about this one. He's going to be right here. And usually his volume's turned up a lot louder than this one over here. I don't know if y'all, I live this. I don't know. I'm just telling you my experience. If you don't live it, then that's fine. Pray for me. <clears throat> but we do. We all live it. We all live in humanity. But we got up the statue of perfect man, though. It's what's going to work on our memory, reason, conscious affection, imagination, that all by the renewing of our mind, as this afternoon we'll look at virtue. Virtue, we, when you say virtue, first thing that pops up, or, or did, would pop up in your head, a virgin life, clean life. That's okay. But that's not what that virtue means. That virtue means power. It means power. And Brother Brown said power without character is satanic. So we got to have the virtues, the virtue, the virtues to become a powerful army. Amen. Everybody with me? Because listen, Peter, James, John, Paul, they all had these virtues working in their life. 
So it's not something brand new. It's something we need to read in the book of Acts. You read in the book of Acts, you're going to see the characteristics of Jesus Christ because that's who he was in his people. They had got the unclean spirit driven out of them. Come on, somebody. In the upper room. And they what? Was filled with the Holy Ghost. Then they grew in grace and knowledge. Simon Peter, servant apostle of Jesus Christ, to them have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power, divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us, what? To glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding. Brother Brown said, I was reading it the other day, Brother Brown says, don't ask for little things, ask for big things. He's a big God. Ask for big things. Well, I'm afraid he's going to be a little bit busy. You ain't serving the same God I am. Amen? <clears throat> Lion's never busy, the old song says. He's always right there. All right? And he's never late. He's always on time. We may think he is, but we're going to talk about patience in a little bit. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be what? Partakers. So then we're able to partake of something. We're going to partake, partake of more of God. All right? If you got God in your soul, you, you don't need to back up and start cleaning the soul back out. It's clean. We just need to let it out. Let that soul out and let it start doing its work. And that's what we're talking about. And how's it going to do it? By the Word of God. No other way except by the Word of God. All right? <clears throat> Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the first stage is the birth. Brother Ram says the first thing you got to do is be born again. All right? Not realize you always was. You can now. You got to remember there's a there's a there's there's a twofold we look at the Bible and we see that we were talking last night there's some scriptures that we use for the millennium, some we use for the future home, some we can interchange. There's some that we can't. All right? So scripture has a dual meaning. So Brother Brown, you say, well, Brother Brown's got a dual meaning? Yeah, there's a dual meaning. You've got to be born again. You've got to be born from above. You've got to be born again. Brother Brown didn't bring us a way to be born again. It's already in the Bible. He just brought us back to it. What did he say? Restore the faith of the fathers. How are you going to restore something that's got 12,000 different denominations? How are you going to restore that? You can't. There's only one truth. Amen? One truth. <clears throat> one faith, one Lord, one baptism. And as Brother Richard Negron said, he said, there's one truth. God, you got to take me into that one truth. Not several truths, one truth. But the first thing you got to do is be born again. You've got to be changed. And when you're changed, you become a new creation. <clears throat> one time Brother Brown said, not the old one patched up. The old one patched up is just the old you. You've stuck. Peacock feathers into your blackbird flesh. Amen? That's what Brother Adam said. But when you're born again, it'll take care of itself when you're born again. Like I've always said, take a hog, scrub it up, put a suit on it, <clears throat> and turn him out. Where's he go? He's going to go right back to the mud. As we were talking last night, <clears throat> you take the, people don't like the quotes of Brother Brown where he says, you were a cucklebur. You were a cucklebur. And by the transforming power of God... To make you a wheat, he had to take the wheat life, which is him, yes, 
You have to take the wheat life, the wheat germ, and put it in the cuckaburr. It may still look like a cuckaburr, right? But inside, it's not a cuckaburr anymore. Because it has had life, not just that you all... Uh, No, you know what? You know what came to life if you're a cuckaburr? Cuckaburr. Right? But if you take the wheat life and put it in the cuckaburr, you'll act like the wheat life. Just like this right here. If you take what? You take the life of a pig, take it out, put the life of a lamb in, he'll look like a pig. Sometimes he'll act like a pig. Come on, somebody. But deep down inside, he's had a change. And he won't go to that mud hole anymore. He'll start acting better. He'll start acting right. All right? You must be born again. That is change. There's got to be a change. <clears throat> Let's go down here a little bit further. <clears throat> he might make a good neighbor, but he isn't a Christian until he's born again. That takes care of the always was, right? Listen, as we were, as I brought my thought back. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, Brother Brown, when he's talking, you got to remember, he's in the mind of God sometimes, and he's on earth sometimes. Everybody with me? He's in the mind of God. He actually said, let's go back into the back part of God's mind. So he took us back there to show us that we always were eternal if we have the new birth, if we've accepted it down here. All right? And if you hadn't, then guess what? That's what Brother Brown said. He said, he said what did he say about the, the uh, Pharisees? He said they did not have represent. What was a representation? That God by foreknowledge looked down and said, they're not going to accept me. Therefore, I don't have to keep anything for them, but I'm not going to let them know that. They said, Brother Branham, if this is all true, this predestination, why are you preaching? Because why would you preach? He said, I'll throw the net out. I'll throw the net out. I bring it in. He said, I get crawdads. He said, I get snakes. I get different things. He said, but I get some fish every once in a while. Because you know what? We are not born the Word of God. As Brother Luis was talking about. you got to read that in Who Is This Melchizedek? Brother Brown said, we didn't come word form. We came with a belly button. We came with an old dynamic nature. Jesus, now listen, he came with a belly button, but he wasn't attached to his mama. That wasn't his mama's blood. That was God's blood. Everybody with me? He was attached by normal. But remember, he had to come like me and you. He couldn't come different to save us and to give us new birth. Why would he need to come if he just... Well, Nicodemus, come on now. You're the, you're the teacher of Israel. You know every quote there is in the book. All you got to do is just believe that. No, he said you got to be born again. You got to be changed from what you were to a new creature in Christ. That's why there's not many new births. It's just a good feeling. I, I just want us all to be born again. That's why I want us to all strive. Lord, save me. But now we can't stay there, though. Hebrews 6, 1 says, leaving, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Not leaving it and throwing it away. No. Go up higher. Let us go on into perfection. Sure, he loves us to be babies. But he wants us to be adults. He, want, uh, he doesn't want us to. Uh, Brother Brown preached, why cry? Why cry? Speak. Well, you can't speak if you speak amiss. You've got to speak with the virtues working in your life. As I'll read in just a little while, or maybe this afternoon, he said those, those um, disciples, they waited on God. 
And when they got a little nod, they knew what to do with it. That's what you and I have to do. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, look, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. And that's okay. We'll baptize. We baptize 20 people. We'll baptize whoever needs to be baptized. We'll get you started in the right direction. But you are going to have to make an effort to get born again. Of the doctrine of baptism, the laying on of hands, and resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And look, and this we will do if God permits. How's he going to do it? How are we going to do it? He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What? For the perfecting of the saints. I've said many times before, and I'll say it again. You can get born again. We were talking about it last night. I keep referring back to last night. If all y'all had been here last night, we wouldn't have to refer back to last night. But anyway, um, last night we were talking about that. For the perfecting of the saints, there was a chicken yard. There was a chicken yard. And Brother Brown always refers to that about his little eagle story. All right? See, then everybody goes, oh, there it is, brother. I always was an eagle. you got to remember, what, what was the barnyard? What was the chicken's denominations? He was preaching to people that were stuck in denominations that was already born again. But they just didn't realize that he was the mother eagle. Come on, people. Brother Brown's message, not Brother Brown, his message was the mother eagle that, that went over into their church and preached the word and said, come out of her. Eagles, you got to realize who you are. Because remember, you were born a cucumber. And you had to be transferred, life transferred into you for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till look, till we all come to the unity of faith, <clears throat> of the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look, that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine. By what? The slight of men. Sadly to say, preachers. Amen? Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Listen, God has never, ever, ever spoke a false doctrine. Ever. He can't. He is the truth. That's why Jesus is the truth. That's why this message is the truth. But they took this message and divided it up into 700 different places or different ideas. But there's got to be one. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. We better get compacted. Because every crack we have, the devil's going to stick something in it. Because that's his job. That man does his job really well. But I've got a God that does it way better than that. He's wanting to heal me. He's wanting to save me, not destroy me. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it the increase of the body into the edifying itself in love. A hidden life in Christ. What a beautiful picture it is today of a consecrated life who once enters in with Christ dead to the things of the world, hid away with God and the veil dropped around him and all the world shut off. Then Christianity and religion become a pleasure. A pleasure to every believer. If you're struggling... Sure, we have struggles, but if you're struggling with that, you need to get born again. I'm sorry. 
It's just, there's two factions working here. There's two powers. Devil power and God's power. There's not an in-between. All right? Then Christianity and religion becomes a pleasure to every believer. I love coming to Bible study. I love coming to church. I love studying to come and preach to you while you're out doing whatever you're doing. Brother Dale did it for years and years and years. I'm beginning to understand a little bit why he went crazy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about he, he would, it just went crazy. He would come to the house and sit down. He said, put on a hunting video. And I knew right then that there was an issue going on that he was having a problem with humanity, with y'all's humanity and mine because I was lost. He was still praying for me too. He said, put on a hunting video. He'd just sit there, put on a hunting video. And I put one on, and he'd watch it, and he'd say, okay, let's go hunting. Or he'd just talk about something like that. Because I couldn't talk, he couldn't talk to me about the Word of God. But he had to get that out of his mind. He had to get that out of his mind. Look at Brother Branham. He looks 70-something years old. He just looked old. He was only 56. A lot of us have already passed that. He was 56. But the body, look at Jesus. You be a man not over 50 years old. He was only 33. It was the work they did. It, you know what it was? And we're going to get into it. The reason I said that, we're going to get into it that because you drug virtue out of that man for all those years. Sister Gales, what, the ones that have been here long, we've drug virtue out of Brother Dale. The good part of virtue, we've drug it out of him. And that's what we do. We, 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 virtue is power. You've got to have it before you can draw from it. We'll read that from Brother Bradham. talks about you've got to have it. So you've got to have somebody that has it before you can draw it from them. Then when you draw it from them, you just get weak in the knees. You get, Brother Brown says, I can't even feel my face sometimes. My face goes numb. My man? Well, we were praying for those people the other weekend, and, and, and Brother Ronnie and I were discussing a little bit later. I cannot remember who we were praying for, but all of a sudden you just kind of feel like that, that somebody's pulled a plug. On your electrical circuit. And you just go. And I know some of the ministers know that. I know dad knows it for sure because he's done it before. Laying hands on the sick. There's a charge comes out of you. And when that person receives something, they're pulling it from you. They're pulling it out of you. They're pulling that strength out of you. And you know that people get. And I don't go by those feelings. But there is sometimes when you go, man, that person really got something. Because it just, it just drains you. And it just sometimes will knock you backwards almost. But you know what? That's the way it ought to work. That's the virtue. And each one of you should have virtue that we can draw from. That we can go to you, not like I said before. If we got a problem in our Christian life, you don't go to the convenience store and ask the convenience owner what to do about something in your life. You know what he's going to tell you? Have a drink. Right? Have a smoke. Now, is that virtue in that? No, there's no virtue in that. But you come and talk to a preacher, you talk to a friend of yours that you know is born again, and you get what? You get strength from that. You get virtue from that. And that's what we're going to talk about. Knowing that you ought not to do this. I was talking, I, you know, the reason I think about it, you look at Brother Homer Longora. Look at these ministers that are getting older. And, man, they're just, I mean, I'm not saying they're falling apart. Don't get me wrong, but they're body-wise. We're not made for that kind of an anointing to just be every day just bombarding your flesh. You get old looking. Brother Homer, he's having some bad issues. Uh, he's getting better now. But uh, he, that COPD that he's had, and to, to be a minister, that's the first thing Satan should attack. It's his lungs. Because he can't speak. He gets all clogged up and he can't speak. Well, you know what? If he shuts us all up, he wins. 
He is not going to shut us all up. Somebody's going to make it. Somebody is going to take this thing forward. And we got, listen, what I always say, lead, follow, or get out of the way. Don't hinder. Well, well, I got off on that because that's for this afternoon. But anyway, but that's what virtue is. Virtue is not living a virgin life. It's drawing strength from, from, from sermons and strength from, even from Brother Adam. If you got the Holy Ghost and you listened to a tape that was, that was in the 40s, you said, boy, that's pretty weak. No, you draw strength from that. Why? There's virtue in that. You draw virtue from all that. Amen? Even Brother Adam, I was reading just a few minutes ago, talking about altar calls. He made altar calls up to, up to his, he died. But he said it's not supposed to be. Not supposed to, there's not no supposed to be a, an altar call in a Gentile church. That's what he said. He said it speak the word, and that's supposed to be it. He said, but we still have them, and we'll continue to have them. Amen? We're supposed to come into speaking condition, but we still lay hands on the sick, because that's what the Bible says. You can't take it out of the Bible. Amen? So what? You draw virtue from that. You come up here, what? You come up here saying, well, I don't know if I want that guy to pray for me or not. Well, if you don't, then find somebody to pray for you. Somebody you got some confidence in. Somebody's got some virtue. Because you know what? It's something you need. Amen? It's something you need. So here we are going up the statue of perfect man. We've got to start down here at the bottom at the new birth, which is faith. Have faith and be born again. We've got to have faith for the new birth. And then we climb up as that shadow shows us. You start as a little kid and then you come up, what, to full Maturity, this is the only age that we're to come to full maturity. Amen? Everybody else didn't didn't have the open book. They they didn't know what the seals were. They didn't know what these different doctrines that we know about now. Because remember, the seals is for your redemption. Full redemption, body, spirit, and soul. Working under a closed book, they didn't come to the body change. They couldn't because they didn't have the seals open. Even Paul. Peter, the ones we're talking about here, there's a furtherment past that. You say, yeah, there is. God wants a body change that they couldn't come to. But you and I can come to it because of the opening of the seals. That's why those seals are so important. That's why the Daniel 70 weeks, that's why all these different doctrines have to be lined up or you will not get it. Like Dad said last night, it doesn't de-Christianize people because I understand when he makes those statements, a lot of people say, well, he's saying I ain't a Christian. No, he's not saying that. Because you're a baby right here. If you're born again today, as we were talking last night, how many times have I said that? <clears throat> we get to live in the new city because we're born again here. We receive the new birth here. We are bride here. Now, there's going to be, if, it, if it's, Brother Brown talks about one in a million. If there's one of us, there's a million people going to live outside the city. If there's a million of us, there's going to be a hundred million people, or more than that, a billion people live out in, in, outside. Is everybody with me? So the new birth puts us in that position that we can go to that city, not go through judgment, but the foolish virgin has got to go through judgment because they came to... 
Justification and sanctification. They didn't go on to the new birth, so they have to, Brother Brown said, give their life for the gospel, but they're going to stay dead for a thousand years and then come up at the white throne judgment and have to give what? An account of what they did. I do not want to give an account of my works. Do you? Our righteousness is filthy rags, the Bible says. But who stood for you? The one that is righteous. Jesus Christ stood my sin. He stood my judgment. He went to judgment hall for me and you. That's why that's so important to get born again. Because you get born again, you get to live in the city. Now listen, the ones on the outside are just as eternal as you are. Because there's only one form of eternal life. There's not degrees. But there is position. Folks, come on, there is position. Crowns. You're going to be what? Priest and kings. There is position that goes with here. Now, what goes with a position here, brothers and sisters, it's why it's so important. Without somebody living these virtues and being sealed by a special anointing, we'll talk about it way later, and that capstone, which is him sitting down on the church and taking a body change, we're going to still be here and just die all over the place. Somebody's got to come through this and manifest the Son of Man. That's the plan. I didn't make it. But I sure want to be a part of it. Don't you? You want to be a part of it? Say, I want to be a part of it. That makes it an individual. I want to be a part of it. Then I want my kids to be a part of it. I want my family to be a part of it. I want my in-laws to be a part of it. Why wouldn't you? He said unto them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. So you got a cross to bear. As I said before, there's some people that are enemies of the cross that will never be given eternal life. You'll never see them in a kingdom anywhere except the one down underneath. All right? But there is going to be a group of people given eternal life, cup of water in my name, foolish virgin. The ones that didn't hear the gospel, Brother Brown said, will be judged by what? Their works. Then they'll be divided as sheep to goats. They'll get to live outside the city. Right? Billions of people living outside the city. But there's only going to be a bride living in the city with 144,000 as servants to the bride. And like I said yesterday, that's the difference in the, the millennium and the future home. In the millennium, the Bible says we'll build and inhabit. In the millennium, that thing's already built. It was built before the foundation of the world. It was that Genesis one twenty six man. That was the kingdom that was built that's going to sit down on the mountain after everything else is wiped off again. Even all this stuff that we did in the millennium is going to be wiped off for a new heaven and a new earth. Just the way he wiped you off. But look, you're still here. The hand that used to pick up a beer now picks up a Bible. The voice in my voice in my mouth that used to curse doesn't do that anymore. So he didn't destroy the frame. He's not going to destroy the framework of this of this world. See, that's a great revelation because most people think, well, this is just going to be annihilated, and we're going to go to heaven, live on a cloud, play a harp. I don't know. That's not true. This is our earth. Satan took it from me and you. He didn't take it from God. He took it from us. Adam was the ruler of this earth. Adam, the prophet said, had the title deed to this earth. Hey, when you hold a title deed, what's that? Ownership. He owned it but forfeited it 
for Eve because he loved her. And he said, I don't, can't, you can't destroy her without destroying me. What did Moses say when he fell in the gap? He said, look, God, if you're going to destroy them people, you've got to destroy me too. He stood in the gap. He stood as what? Christ and the bride doing the bad stuff that they were doing. But Jesus said, I'll take their sin. I'll take it on me because I'm going to have a bride. So there's some that are what? Enemies of the cross. Some go to the cross and get born again or get justified or get sanctified. But there's a group of people that takes every bit of that and takes up your cross. You take up your individual cross and you follow him. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. I protest by by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ. Look, I die daily. I die daily. Things I used to do, I do them no more. Things I used to do, I do them no more. Why? You're changed. You've got a new attitude. You got God is starting on the renewing of your mind. He's starting to let you see things that he didn't let people see before. Start let you enter into what? The mind of God to see. Now, as we see as mature Christians, that's why Brother Brown, he said, it's hard to preach predestination to a group that's not, in other words, not grown up. Right? Remember, he said it's not a good word to use out there. But the Ephesian church, you could use that word and know that those he foreknew, he did predestinate. Foreknowledge is always first because it's foreknowledge. It was before predestination. He foreknew, therefore, he could predetermine your destination by what you choose. I was thinking about this the other day, Brother Dale, years ago, preached on the, the um, God being infinite and us being finite. God being infinite knew that if I never met June and I married the girl that I dated before, which was, I'm not going to call her name, but y'all know who it was, how my life would have ended up. That's an infinite God, infinite God knowing all things. How that if you chose this path, that's why you say, well, prove it to me. Brother Branham said God's no's are the best yeses you'll ever get. Because you're going to go down there. How many of us have said, this is it. This is the will of the Lord. This is everything I've been looking for. I, I, me, Donnie, don't, don't. I'm not pointing at you. I'm pointing over yonder. I, I, me, me. I'm sorry I, didn't call, I called your name. Right. Listen, but we've all been through it. We've all said, this is it. This is the promised land. And come to find out, it was the wasteland. Amen? But if we would have listened to God, a child of God listens to God. It's like we were talking about the other day. You know, the guy said, well, God, why didn't you save me? Uh, When he got to heaven, he said, Lord, why didn't you save me? He said, I sent you two boats. I sent you an airplane, a helicopter. And you said, no, I'm waiting on... No, (laughs) no. If God sends you a helicopter, you better get on it. So if God says no, so there I prove my point. If God says no, he knows that if you're going to go down this path right here, what your end is going to be. And he's going to say, no, child, don't go that way. So that's why it's the best yeses you'll ever get. Because then you turn around and say, hey, uh, there's something there's something going to happen. God already sees something that's going to happen down at the end of the road here. I better not go down that way. Thank God for that. Amen? Remember, he's only obligated to his children. 
Everybody with me? He's obligated to his kids, so he's obligated to take care of us. Aren't we obligated to take care of our kids until they get old enough to fend for themselves? Not be boomerang kids? Throw them out, they come back. Throw them out, they come back. I got one, so that's okay. Well, some of us, yeah, well, Donnie's got a couple too, so. Praise God, you know, I'd rather be them there than be in the bars. I'd rather be there than be in a drug house. We just got to pray for them. So, you know what? Give you something to pray for. If you ain't got nothing else to pray for, pray for your kids. Because you know what? They'll make you pray for them. Because you love them. They're part of you. You, you, can't just, you can't just kick them out in the world. I'm sorry. Let me get into this. You're a chosen generation. Here we go. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you a kingdom. I'm going to give you this earth. You can have it. But we got to go through these what? Light afflictions. The earth has got to go through a couple of times of being renovated. Remember? It was renovated in the flood. Right? It's going to be renovated in the Battle of Armageddon for the millennium. Then it's going to be really renovated when God steps up and wipes everything off. Except us. We can be standing right in the middle of it and be going, man, this is pretty nice. And the world just being wiped completely off. Because we're what? We're in glorified bodies. He's all, we've got the new birth, and we've come to a body change, and we're no more less God than he is except for position. We're the bride. All right? But he said we're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. That's what he said. But we've got to come to it. It's not just something that just falls on us. All right? <clears throat> Don't you really wish? Well, I do. When I was in about the second or third grade, I just wished that I knew calculus and algebra and I could just jump up and go on into college. No, I, it took me 12 long years. Brother John, yeah, being an accountant, you, I mean, when you're third grade, you say, man, I can do your, I can do your taxes for you. No, you can't. <laughs> that would be a disaster. Please don't ever do that. But that's the way God, that's the way we grow in God. He was an intelligent child. I was an intelligent child. Lost it a lot afterwards. But I had to still go through the what? The required courses. I had to go through the required courses. Right? We're going to see here in just a few minutes where, where God said that these are required. These virtues are required of you. They're not, a, they're not an elective. You remember? You know what electives are? What do they call them now? Abby, what do they call them now? It's not an elective, but it's what? It's called, it's, oh, it's still called an elective. Oh, I thought it was called something else. Alternate learning or whatever it is, you know, you, it's an elective that you really don't need that to graduate, but it'd be nice. I took, what I took was, is, and, and y'all know my story, I love math, and I was uh, never made a B till I got to college, and, and I, I could understand calculus, algebra. That was nothing to me. I took a general mathematics course my senior year. As an elective. Didn't need that no more than nothing. But you know what? I learned how to do fractions. And, and me and T was the same way. I mean, you, we do our stuff in our head because he had, you know, he, he had a, um, a business where he had to know figures and know different. And I, so did I. And that helped me more than anything. Oh, Coach Whitaker. Good grief. He chewed tobacco and spit in a, in a, in a can and, and, uh, done other things in the classroom. But he taught me how to do fractions. Taught me how to read a, a tape measure. How many of y'all know how to read a tape measure? That's what I thought, not many. <clears throat> because you know what? That wasn't a required course, though. 
Now, required was algebra. Required was calculus. Required were the, well, this, you know what? Those are required courses. That's required courses. We got to go through the seventh grade. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Look. That you should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in times past you were not a people. Oh, I always was. Well, this says you weren't. Which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now, praise God. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. You're going to help somebody by the way you live, or you're going to hurt somebody by the way you live. That's what we're fixing to get into. Amen? You're going to hurt somebody or help somebody. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be kings or supreme. In other words, if you've got to go to work tomorrow, be there at 8 o'clock, don't come in at 8.15 and say, well, the Lord told me I didn't have to be here at 8.15. <clears throat> You'll probably be asking the Lord to get you another job. Amen? I mean, you know, you pray for God to give you a job and you sit at home and watch television. I don't know if God's going to give you one or not. He's going to ask for a little effort. That's just a life lesson there. Are unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of them that do well. This is what I'm getting to. For so is the will of God. All right? So is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. That's what we're doing here. Put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. How are we going to do that? Now we've got to come to full doctrine. I like good shouting meetings where we just clap our hands and shout and have a good time, have a great powerful service, and things dance in the bubble, as it were. But wait, then when the showdown time comes, you don't know where you're standing. So there's going to be a showdown. There's going to be a showdown in your life. There's going to be a showdown in church. There's going to be a showdown with the devil because he's got dibs on your body. There's going to be a showdown where one day you're going to say, Satan, this is not yours no more. Amen? We should be starting to say that now. But there's going to be a showdown, a culmination, in other words, of everything. There was a showdown when Noah preached 120 years. One day God said, enough. That's enough. Get in the ark. I'm going to close the door. There's a showdown time. In other words, what's he saying? When, you, when we come and we have the great service like we did a couple of weeks ago, but we can't live what we preach. We all fall short, but we keep getting up and going. There's a showdown. You don't know where you're standing? Let's get back and find out. Let's find out what's making us do that. Listen, let's find out what's making us act wrong. Let's find out what's making us think wrong. That's what the statue, to me, that's what the statue of perfect man is. It's not just living a... No, it's how to act to your boss. It's how to act to your neighbors. It's how to act to these diff- to different people. Now, look. Now, what is it? We'll, we'll stop right here. It's easy to feel the power of God to see it when you believe. But then when it comes to the showdown, are you able to possess the thing that you profess to have? That's the thing, brother. You've got to get it. We've got to take it. It's ours, but you'll fight for every inch. Fellowship.
1962. Brother Brown says, we're all tried. Every Christian, every son, every child that comes to God is tried what? Not by the neighbor. Oh, yeah, well, it is. But it's tried by the Word of God. You're tried by the Word. You know, Brother Brown said he'll have a brother say something to you off, kind of off, to see how you'll react to it. Swallow that one. Have somebody say something to you to see how you'll act. You know what? Your child training, my child training. See if you'll be loyal to it. When the showdown comes, what decision are you going to make? That's it. And he that cannot stand chastisement but goes on with the world, he's an illegitimate child and not a son and daughter of God, certainly not. Now, but the spiritual minded catches the word, lines up with it, and the spirit comes down under the shed blood and takes that person. I want to be took. I want to be took by God. I don't want to be took by the world. We've been took by the world long enough. I want to be took by God. I want to read this one real quick because this is one we read Wednesday night. It was a paradox. He's talking about the Hebrew children. Sometimes it looks like, you know, Brother Boyd, we're heading toward a fiery furnace. Something in your life. Something that we have to overcome. And we think, man, I'm going to get burned up. I'm going to get burned up. But let's talk about the three Hebrew children. How that three men, you know what they've done? All they said was, they didn't say, I know the seals. They said, we're not bowing down to that image. And you know what they said? If we live, we live. If we die, we die. But we'll never bow down to that image. We'll never bow down to that world. And you know what there was? There was a furnace right here that they, they heated it seven times. It was glowing. And was so hot to when the people walked up to throw them in, it killed them. But what did it do to the three Hebrew children? They didn't even smell smoke. But what did it do? They were bound. They were bound. You know, they, and they'd have never run away if they weren't bound. They were going to give their life for what they believed in. But they were bound, and here they go. They're headed into the fire furnace. And all of a sudden, Brother Michael, the bands are the only thing that got burned off. What they thought was going to kill them actually released them. Same thing with me and you. The trouble and the trials we go through, if you'll look at it that way, that hey, I'm bound by something. When I get into that furnace, I'm not even going to be touched by the smell of sin of this world. But God is going to take these bonds and bounds and he's just going to... Ashes. Listen, that's the only thing it did. Let's stand to our feet. That's the only thing it did. See, it delivered them from the bonds that they were bound with. It was a paradox. Sometimes in our own life, that paradox repeats. Sometimes you're brought to a showdown where you have to make a decision. You have to stand on that decision like they did. And it look, it all works together for the good. What did it do? It never hurt them. It loosed them. Sometimes we're caught in that position. First thing you've got, just like the man drowning in the river. you got to get that man out of the river before you can get the river out of the man. Hey, think about that. And that's something what a man has to do is come out and make his stand, get the thing out. And what I've been saying for a year. And get him out of the thing so he can get the thing out of him. Then this afternoon we'll talk about, we'll start talking about 
selfish. We've got to be the most unselfish people to go up this statue of a perfect man. Because there's things going to be shed away from you that you don't want to lose. In our humanity, we, we still want to have a little temper. What, patience with Joe Kent? No, I ain't got to have no patience with him now. He, he is his problem. See what I mean about selfish? We can be so selfish till we make it everybody else's problem but our own. And I'll read you some quotes from Brother Brown, and then we'll talk about it in Timothy. Because he says right here, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Selfish. Lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Let's sing a song. God bless you. We'll start right there this afternoon. <coughs> Through the sunshine and rain. If you have a need. his bicycle the other day and he collapsed full cardiac arrest and he wants the church to stand we're going to give him prayer cloth if there's one person in this building believes in prayer cloth besides brother Dale and myself and some of y'all that man right there believes in prayer cloth he wears one keeps one with him we're going to give him two more you take him to that brother if you can get to him if you can't you just lay it on your heart Give it to him. Everybody pray now. Everybody. In your own way, pray. Heavenly Father, we don't know this brother's name, but we know his condition. Man has said that it was heart failure maybe or full cardiac arrest. We know when we hear that, we think of damage to the heart. Well, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that that will not happen, that he'll have a full recovery, Lord. We just read in the scripture where we have bosses and different things in our life, Lord, and we need to honor them. We honor the position. So, Brother Danny's honoring that position, Lord, that he's been his boss now for some time. Now I pray that you would just heal this brother, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of us together say amen. Amen. God bless you, man. That's good. Oh, I am blessed. Are you blessed?
You can remember all the blessings that you got. From the time you were born again until this day, you remember in your head, run that through your brain. I've been blessed for this. I've been blessed with that. I've been blessed with this. 